This summer we are looking at conventional wisdom or the folly of conventional wisdom, the things we tell ourselves that we believe to be true and we are discovering each week, huh, maybe what we're telling ourselves isn't as true as we would like to think. I think the preacher from Ecclesiastes understood something about this with today's aphorism as he discusses time, that there is a time for everything. Here's how he puts it in such beautiful poetic fashion. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There's a sermon in every single one of those. If I were the preacher from Ecclesiastes, I would add one, but it's always a time to tell the truth. You've heard the ancient story. I couldn't find for sure who said it originally. It's an ancient proverb, and there's some speculation that the phrase, time heals all wounds, may, first, may be first attributed to the Greek poet Menander, who lived around 300 BC, and he said, time is the healer of all necessary evils. Now, when you Google, time heals all wounds, you land on the quote from Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy, where she said, it has been said, time heals all wounds. She goes on to say, I do not agree. The wounds remain, she says. In time, the mind protecting its sanity covers them over with scar tissue and the pain lessens, but it is never gone. I think she's right. Most often when you hear the aphorism, time heals all wounds, it's preceded by, they say, time heals all wounds. I don't know who they is, but they need to stop. <laughs> they are liars. I'm here to tell you from both personal experience and keeping vigil with wounded people for about 35 years in ministry, they is wrong. I'm with the preacher of Ecclesiastes who said, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, and it's always time to tell the truth. Here's the truth. Time does not heal all wounds. My daddy taught me so many things. Most of them were good. But that man could hold a grudge. Ooh, wee. 
He didn't forget when he had been wronged, and he did not forget when his children had been wronged, and he tucked it away deep inside so as to not get taken in again, and then he'd bring it up and tell the story, and he'd make it funny, and we would all join in on the grudge. I'm sorry to say he taught me about that. But he also taught me in the way that to understand time does not heal all wounds, in the way that he would be brought to tears at the very mention of their daughter who died when she was three years old before I was born. Forty-three years after my parents buried her, he would cry at the thought of how hard her death was and how much he missed her. I learned from him the valuable lesson, time heals all wounds is a lie. And since it's always a time to tell the truth, I thought I would just let you know today. Now, I couldn't decide which way to go with this sermon. For those of you that heard me preach two weeks ago, do you see what's coming? Go back and listen two weeks ago because this is going to be fun. I'm probably going to do it every time I preach this summer. I couldn't decide which way to go with this sermon. It could easily be a social justice sermon about how the best example I could give to show you that time heals all wounds is the biggest lie ever told is to simply ask, how are you celebrating Juneteenth this year? It only took from June 19, 1865 to June of 2021, 156 years, to declare the day a national holiday, and there are folks who are bitter about that. There are folks who have, who have a hard time celebrate, celebrating something that is so long in coming. And with every woohoo celebration, there's still a sting of the realization. Can you believe that white human beings owned black human beings in our country? How much time will it take for that to heal? More than 156 years, apparently. As poet Nikita Gill reminds us, June the 19th, 1865, for America has multiple Independence Days. And when history remembers freedom, she recalls Juneteenth with pride as one of her most holy and blessed days. But even with all the celebration, time has not managed to heal the pain. I was so moved by my friend and colleague Rodney Sadler's post, helping to give me words about this new holiday we celebrate as a nation. And this white woman needs his black words today. Rodney says, Juneteenth is a new federal holiday, praise God. I have to admit, he says, I didn't grow up celebrating Juneteenth. I was an adult before I actually came to understand what this holiday celebrates. My limited understanding of history aside, I'm grateful that we as a nation can stop and recognize this special day when all were finally free. In my estimation, he says, this should not just be a holiday that is celebrated by black people or brown people or white or people from a particular region. This, like all American holidays, should be everybody's holiday. 
We all need to recognize that slavery, slavery and liberation are not just part of the African-American story. It is all of our story, and we all would do well to understand the impact of emancipation on everyone. We are all made better by the fact that we as a nation saw that slavery was wrong and chose to do something about it. But perhaps more significantly, he says, we should recognize that since Juneteenth represents the final freeing of those enslaved people who remained in bondage after emancipation came, this should be a day that reminds us that we always have more work to do. That though emancipation is proclaimed, it is not always realized. So maybe that's the role of Juneteenth, that Juneteenth can play in all of our lives as contemporary Americans. It's the day on which we both celebrate the good that we can do, but also a day on which we recognize the good that we still must do. And perhaps Juneteenth might also be a reminder that there will always be those like the Galveston plantation owners who refuse to recognize the rights that we all share in common. There will always be some who are convinced that their privilege is put at risk by true equality and will try to perpetuate oppressive policies and practices. In this regard, we can never let our guard down and must always stay vigilant for justice is never freely given and requires faults and requires faithful witnesses in each generation maybe he says if we can ponder this on this new holiday we might just be better as a nation as a whole thank you rodney for helping me understand anew why time has not healed all wounds, making it not time's job to do that. That job belongs to me, and that job belongs to you. It is a cop-out to leave it to time. But I don't think I'm going to go down that social justice road today. I can tell you that there are many Afri African-American brothers and sisters who are still hurt and bitter and skeptical and cynical, and can you blame them? But I decided not to take the social justice road today. Instead, I want to take the pastoral role. Whether your wound is divorce or abuse, grief or abandonment, lost job or depression, betrayal or infidelity, or some combination of any of these situations or some other thing that I have not named. Whatever your wound or wounds are, you will probably understand that time is often not the great healer for which we hope. Sometimes, actually, Time accentuates the pain. Sometimes time prick, picks at the scab and opens the wound in a fresh way. Especially if our way of making our way through time is to stuff down the hard things and keep them tightly sealed in a box of no discovery. If we don't do our grief work, say, 
or if we simply choose to keep our heads in the sand and live in that awful state of denial, then we will discover that time will do a real number on us. Especially in the cases of the wound of grief. With the passage of time, we tend to forget the details of his face, the smell of her kitchen, But as C.S. Lewis writes about grief in the death of his wife, he says, We have seen the faces of those we know best so variously, from so many angles, in so many lights, with so many expressions, waking, sleeping, laughing, crying, eating, talking, thinking, that all the impressions crowd into our memory together and cancel out into a mere blur. But her voice he says, is still vivid for him. And that remembered voice that can turn me at any moment into a whimpering child. It's been my experience sometimes that I can't remember the sound of voices of those that I miss with clarity. I'm so grateful for videos. Just this past week, someone asked me about how dark my skin gets in the summer. I said, well, if you spend a couple of days on a roof in Georgia, your skin might be dark too. But my skin does get dark, and she was asking me about this, and I said, well, you should have seen my dad. So I pulled up a picture of him right quick on my phone to show her, and honestly, it had been a while since I'd seen a good picture of him And the look of his face took my breath away. And for a moment, these 15 years later, the pain was real, intense, and as if I had just heard the news over the phone from a crying Russ, Amy, I'm so sorry. Time does not heal all wounds. Please don't ever tell anybody that it does. It's always a time to tell the truth, and that is a lie. Time does not heal all wounds. Writer and advocate Victoria Strong says, this is what time sometimes does. Time makes people uncomfortable with grief, even more so than when death just occurred. Time makes people stop asking and stop mentioning her name. It makes them shift in their feet and look away when I weave her, her deceased daughter, into a conversation. It makes people judge and place expectations to be better, even if they don't mean to place those expectations on you. But when someone believes, when someone believes that time heals all wounds and when time has passed and you are still broken, then something must be wrong with you. Time does not heal all wounds. One psychologist noted that seven, these seven truths about time when someone is in pain, and let us not just confine this aphorism to grief. I listed many in the beginning. You have others to add to it. But think about your wounds. Think about the wounds of your people. Think about people that are in pain And note this about pain and wounds. 
these seven truths. Number one, sometimes things actually get worse before they get better, if they ever get better at all. Number two, even in the long run, time doesn't actually improve matters for some people. Number three, time goes really, really slowly when you're hurting. It's always a shock to me when I am in a wounded place that, like, life keeps going and people keep going to a grocery store. Congress keeps meeting. What? My world stopped. Number four, the days can all bleed together. Time means nothing. Number five, trauma is literally timeless. Number six, the truth of time heals all wounds, even if it's true, which it's not, depends entirely on what you mean by heal. And finally, nobody can tell you what your unique experience of pain, loss, brokenness, woundedness will be like. The preacher of Ecclesiastes understood time quite differently from the way it is understood today. He wrote after the Babylonian exile. That was an experience that had taught the Hebrew people that human experience was never going to be an uninterrupted walk in the park and that time should not be a tyrant that demanded our allegiance. Today's reading catalogs various seasons of life, 28 of them arranged in sharp contrast to one another and yet each an undeniable part of the human experience. His list rings so true. It, would, it begins with what is most fundamentally true, that one day we are all born into this world and then, just as inevitably, our life in this world comes to an end. The French composer Hector Berlioz once remarked, Time is a great teacher. Unfortunately, it kills all its pupils. The universe unfolds according to its own inner logic and set of seasons. There's a rhythm to this life that we live, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to speak, a time to keep silent, a time to keep, a time to throw away. And I think the old preacher understood what I've been saying as a mantra for many years, that the only way to survive this life is to laugh and to cry, and to laugh and to cry, and to laugh and to cry, and to cry until we laugh, and to laugh until we cry, is the only two real emotions in our survival kit to deal with our wounds. I feel for people who cannot cry, who cannot admit or let their emotions out and I feel just as much for people who cannot laugh, who have lost the ability to know and feel and experience joy. Understanding what time it is is perhaps the most important way to live life to the fullest. 
Let us not put so much pressure on time to be a great and magical healer. Time does not heal all wounds. Sometimes time is a great helper. And when that happens, we pause and give thanks that we made it. As the creator of time, God has set the rhythm to reality that life will throw at us all kinds of situations, some joyous, some difficult. May we move through all of what life brings our way with a healthy balance of those tears and laughter that we might not just survive, but indeed thrive. It is not time's job to heal us. It is our job to offer God's healing touch, God's healing word, God's healing comfort to ourselves and to all of God's people. May it be so. Amen.